I'm Dan Ross. I'm attempting to lose weight in order to become a professional wrestler. It's fair to say, I've got no chance. This is the No Chance Podcast. So, welcome back to... No chance, a wrestling and weight loss podcast. It's obviously been a bit of a while since the last episode. Uh, reasons for that, um, moving, changing jobs and stuff like that, the general sort of time-consuming nature that that can be. Secondly, um, I've been sort of stressed out down recently, uh, and when that happens, I do tend to eat a bit more, so that has kind of put a kibosh on the whole weight loss thing, and, you know, I have put on weight, so that sort of, you know, I was very much putting off doing the show for uh, a number of weeks because of that, because, you know, it is, in a sense, a failure, but having thought about it, that's kind of what I wanted this show to be, not a failure, but, you know, an honest reflection of a weight loss journey and struggle. Um, it's possibly something I'll look into doing an episode on in the future, the sort of uh, relationship between kind of like mental health stuff and, and eating and putting on weight. Um, but I'd sort of like to get someone who knows what they're talking about in that regard on, if I were to talk about that. I don't think me and Ibby are quite as qualified as we should be to talk about something like that, and I do want to keep the the podcast quite light-hearted. Uh, so like I said, I have been feeling sort of down and stuff like that. Don't want to go too heavily into it. Uh, like I said, I want to keep this podcast uh, uh, light-hearted and sort of funny and upbeat. Um, but yeah, I thought it was worth um, sort of being honest about what's happened because... Um, that's what I want this podcast to be like a, 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 a journal kind of diary kind of thing of what's happened. And hopefully we'll get back to the week to week progress, uh, moving on. Uh, but yeah, it, it, the doing it this way means that like I've got an audience, I've got people who are aware of what's happening. So it kind of, you know, will pressure me more into, um, uh, losing weight and being healthy so with that being said um keeping with the podcast format the the rules is that i reveal my weight at the start of each episode and then compare that weight to a current wrestler so with that being said uh currently at 320 pounds which is around 10 pounds more than when i actually started so yeah not going well so far, um, but that puts me at the same weight as The Godfather, um, or Papa Shango, if you prefer. Um, so yeah, that is now my new benchmark to work towards. In terms of like targets, I think like £205 would be a good one to get down to eventually. Obviously, that would require a big loss, uh, but that's just because of 205 Live being a show in the current WWE brand um so about the show today so uh the talking points with ibby that we're going to be having uh josh josh ibrahim uh that i'm going to be having through the show were pre-recorded a while ago around this time of the um 
probably a couple of days after the last show came out. Um, but they should hold true today. Hopefully nothing's changed too much in the past month or so. So the questions I did in the last show about me, I'm going to be posing those questions to Josh, so hopefully you'll get to learn a bit more about him, which is, I'm sure, something everyone wants to know. I'll be talking about the newest recipe I tried, which was a Gordon Ramsay recipe, and me and Josh will also be doing some shots. Shots, shots, shots. So you've got all that to look forward to, so please do stay tuned. You can edit that. This is the wrestling portion of our show, and uh, those who listened last week will have heard me do the No Chance 8 Questions. Can you, can you, can you kind of get the pun with that? 8 Questions... No. And it, it's a dieting. Well, it's I, a good pun. I what is it? Go on. No chance. Eight questions. Eight is in the number. Also, eight is in like eight food. But how could the concept of no chance eat anything? Well, let's carry on. So we've got eight questions about wrestling to help you, the listener, and me, the host, learn more about our guests and what their view is on professional wrestling. So without further ado. Josh, question number one. Who is your favourite wrestler of all time? Well, I've deliberated on this long and hard. Um, initially, I was going to say Shawn Michaels, maybe. And then throughout part of my thinking, Randy Orton, he was someone I was really into. But historically, Viper. I think the people listening to the podcast would know who Randy Orton is. Yeah, He's quite a big star. But um, looking back, and as we mentioned in the last podcast as well, I used to be really into WCW. I'm going to go for Sting. Sting. The Stinger. The uh, the Vigilante. <laughs> but only only Crow Sting, not not Surfer Sting. That not Surfer Sting. That's lame. What about WWE Vigilante 2 Match Loss? 2 Match 2 Losses Sting? I was, I was going to go on to that. that yeah. I feel that the WWE version of Sting, where he was rescued by the NWO, who in WCW he was like arch enemies with yeah. at WrestleMania. Not a, not a fan of that. <laughs> Continuity was messed up. It it really hurt me. And then he got injured by Seth Rollins, who's one of your favourite wrestlers. So. Um, no, he wasn't. He, was, he wasn't on my five, Seth Rollins. Yeah. I do like him, but he's All not right. one of my favourites. Why do you hate Seth? Because he's so goddamn in shape. I just like fat wrestlers. My favourite wrestlers are Rikishi. Um, <laughs> Yokozuna. Yokozuna. There's a guy in Impact at the moment called Falabar. Uh, that sounds like a fat person. Uh, and all he says is bah. It's great. I, uh, <laughs> anyone who uh, I see why you identify with that. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't watch Impact Wrestling, go go look it up. Sting had some great years though. Oh yeah, he was the Joker in Impact <laughs> Wrestling for a bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're almost making me turn off Sting. It's yeah. like my favorite. He held every time. Bischoff but... hostage with a crow. So we were kind of uh, mocked Sting there, but what was it about Sting that made you like him so much? Like I say, the first kind of my first memories of wrestling were watching WCW I had the uh, PlayStation 1 game WCW Versus. Mayhem oh, okay yeah so my creator wrestler was always basically Sting's moveset I had the nickname the Red Scorpion but Ooh. I was just a man with long hair dressed as a referee okay yeah that was a cool gimmick but yeah so it's kind of we ended up having forming a partnership a tag partnership me and yeah, the Scor- <laughs> not, not a romantic the Stingers because you're a Scorpion exactly yeah. I like it long term booking there but yeah, and I think it was also the first wrestling figure I ever bought as well. Okay, cool. Um, Sting there, Josh's favourite <laughs> wrestler. 
Uh, so question number two, what is your favourite ever match? This was a really tough one. So I was thinking more in recent years, I really loved the the entire feud basically between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And okay. that one match was when Kevin Owens wins the title and he just powerbombs oh, Sami Zayn. Yeah. yeah, like that whole NXT feud. When it got to the main roster, I felt like they'd done so much in NXT, there was nowhere else to go for that entire NXT. And the feud. Indies. Yeah, but I, I didn't watch that because I'm not a nerd. Okay, yeah. But yeah, but that one where Kevin Owens wins the title by just kind of slamming him into the side of the ring, that was great. Um, but then I was thinking, what was the match that really got me hooked on wrestling in the first place? I can't really remember the WCW day, so I'm going to go back to that when we're talking about my first wrestling memory. Okay. But I remember when I got back into wrestling for the first time, probably in the early 2000s, it was a, an eight-man elimination match for the US title. Okay. It was... Um, I can't remember everyone who was in this match, but I remember Booker T, who won the title, John Cena, Rob Van Dam, Kenzo Suzuki. There's a star there. Uh, Billy Gunn, I think Rene Dupree, and some yeah. other really so that's forgettable your, your favourite match of all time? It was just the fact that it was the first time I really kind of cottoned on when they swerved someone, because it was all built up that John Cena was going to win this match, and then Booker T won it in the end, yeah. and obviously being a WCW guy, I was like, yeah. He's the real star. He is the real star. I feel like uh, there's a great clip of when Stone Cold was hosting Tough Enough and he asked one of the wrestlers what her favourite match was ever and she said Melina versus Alicia Fox <laughs> and Stone Cold is <laughs> there like, what? That's kind of how I feel about it. But equally you mentioned Kenzo Suzuki there. Uh, interestingly enough, do you know what he was originally going to be called when he was going to debut in the WWE? I do not know. Hirohito! <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Emperor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they eventually decided that that was probably politically insensitive uh, so they just went with Kenzo Suzuki fair play for the WWE yeah. to think about political sensitivity but then again his ones. manager was a woman wearing a geisha yeah um, that's, that's what they do yeah. <laughs> good old WWE there always on finger on the pulse of uh, cultural relevancy to be fair in that match Booker T won so yeah they're not as racist as they in the WWE so, speaking of Booker T, so he was, he still is a commentator, but when he was commentating more full-time on SmackDown, he had a thing where he'd say his fave five, and he'd always say all these wrestlers were in his fave five, which was his current top five favourite wrestlers. So, that's our third question. Josh, who are your fave five? That was a very good link. I know. We hadn't even worked on it. No. Like, genuinely. This was a really difficult question for me because I just don't watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of going back to when I was last watching wrestling, probably around 2016, and go from who I liked then to kind of what I see on YouTube now. Yeah. I find a lot of it tiresome. But I mean, <laughs> in the wrong place. <laughs> you invited me here. That is true, yeah. But I think my favourite modern day superstar, as they like to be called, yeah. is uh, Kevin Owens. Um, I just like his whole shit everything that I've seen of him since he was in NXT moved to the main roster again didn't watch the indies because you know not a nerd <laughs> he was Kevin Steen yeah um, so yeah love him Cesaro although I do reluctantly as I've said kind of agree with what Vince, Vince was saying and I don't think he has the charisma to go on to be a top superstar but when he's on fire and when he's just kind of allowed to wrestle yeah he could do things That's the thing, like, not everyone has to be Cena no, no, exactly. No, there's a spot for being it's, just below that level. Yeah, and it's that thing as well. He and he's kind of 
injected a lot of life into the tag division with Tyson Kidd and, and now the bar. Yeah. Um, also, I'd probably say Zack Ryder just because. Woo woo woo. Woo woo woo. In many ways, I still feel sorry for him for years. <laughs> of kind of just being. You know, he's still the plucky underdog that never really gets a yeah. break. I mean, the whole thing with when he got um, he got himself over. So like the Vince's big thing is like, you need to grab the back brass ring, you know. Ryder did it. <laughs> She's like, not like that. Had his girlfriend leave him for Cena and then kick him in the balls at WrestleMania. <laughs> then he's get battered by Kane every week. It was, uh, <laughs> That's it. And then like eventually pushed off the side of the ramp, broke, broke his ankle or something yeah. like that in the way that he fell. And then lost the US title, which has been his big thing building up towards winning. And then there's like, no, you're not having that. And then there's the... The Intercontinental Championship win no, at WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania. He held it for one night and then was yeah. beaten by the, the Miz on Raw the next night. Poor Zach. Poor Zach. But he still keeps going. Yeah, he's cool. He's a, he's, a, he's very into Disney. Fair play. Fair play. So that was number three, number four favourite wrestler. Yeah, I was going to say, so it's been a bit of a male-heavy list so yeah. far. So, um, Sexist. So, yeah. <laughs> I would say, and I mean... To echo your comments in the last podcast, Becky Lynch, who's just incredible. Again, like Kevin Owens, I could literally watch her do kind of any gimmick, play any role. Yeah. She's just she's just that good. Um, and then finally, again, similar to you, and I wanted to kind of bring this up after listening to your podcast last week, about Sasha Banks, yeah. who I just think is so brilliant, like in NXT especially. Yeah. And as you were saying, it's just the perfect heel and why she's being faced for so long like two three just, years it's yeah. mind-boggling because if you watch that nxt run she's just it was like the best thing in wrestling yeah it's, and it's why the like women's revolutions happened with like becky bailey Paige, emma uh obviously charlotte and becky are involved as well so it yeah. feels like the people who properly made it happen have kind of been forgotten a bit yeah absolutely the more marketable people like ronda mm-hmm. you can't cut a promo we're very anti-Ronda at the moment. I'll try not to let that seep too much into the, the podcast. I don't care either way. But then again, she's meant to be healed, so you know maybe I'm being worked. Don't, work you, don't shoot yourself into a work player, as a well, brother, as Hulk Hogan would say. Uh, fourth question. Favourite pay-per-view? See, as I mentioned before, I came from a family that didn't have Sky, so really watching pay-per-views when they came out... It was out of the question. was out of the question, so... The only way I've really seen a lot of them is either by getting the network, kind of watching someone's some old ones back. But I think I would say just to just create a bit of discussion, uh, WCW's nineteen ninety five. I'm going to say no. pay per view, Collision in Korea, which was of course in uh, Pyongyang. Yeah, so it was a team up between WCW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, yeah. and they hosted a joint joint pay-per-view in, in North Korea. It's the highest attended wrestling event ever. Yeah, I was looking at It's not that. like North Korea and professional wrestling bodies to lie <laughs> about uh, attendances. Yeah, so, what's it they say? 150? I think it's like, yeah, 125,000. Yeah, like that. it's something absolutely ridiculous. And apparently, according to the... Because it's not on the network, although you can see it on YouTube if yeah. you know where to look. Oh, um, <laughs> the dark web. <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Apparently the North Koreans were told that the Japanese wrestlers were North Koreans, so they were cheering wildly for them. And, mm. yeah. There's Antonio Iannoke Ric Flair. That was the main event. Yeah, well. exactly. That that was the main event. Yeah. A, a great match. I think it was, as we say, the most attended. Yeah, the biggest wrestling match like, ever. 
literally. If you've not heard of it, then you just don't know wrestling. Uh, so this is more like quick fire questions now. Brett or Sean? Sean. I think. Yeah. Again, like you were saying, like, I never really watched Brett in his prime. But he was WCW during the Attitude Era, but I think he got injured in 97. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, when I came to WCW, it's still 99. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't really Brett time. And and I do really love Sean. Like no, I mean, his whole great. gimmick is just incredible. One of the greatest entrances of all time. And then when you watch him in the ring, he's brilliant. You gotta love Sean. You have got. To I love mean, Sean, apart from earlier, in yeah, his early, the early nineties. Yeah, <laughs> there you would uh, call some of his behaviour regrettable at yeah. best. Uh, but you know, he's he's fan god and he's a yeah, changed man. He's a changed man. Uh, boring though. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the old... No, don't. Uh, he's definitely living a better lifestyle now. Next question, Rock or Austin? Austin, I'm Oh, wow. So this is where we differ. Yeah, but then again, it, I wasn't really watching WWF in the Attitude yeah. Era, so I've only come back to these kind of people in, in later life. I just find... One, his matches, his whole character, you know, he's completely charismatic. The working man. Exactly. But then, you know, when you listen to him talk about the business he's, he's one of those people that you know really loves it and really yeah. methodically has watched so much I mean he's got a really good wrestling podcast so yeah something to bond with him there and something to aspire to yeah to be the next Stone Cold <laughs> have, a, have, a, have his career in wrestling and then have his do it the other way around have his podcasting career then have his wrestling career maybe that's something I can aim for the penultimate question what is your earliest wrestling memory Okay, so this is when it really does go back to WCW. And I would have been watching WCW before this because this is how I would have seen it. But the one moment that really sticks out into my mind was a feud between Sting and Vampiro. And I... This, this, set him on fire. That wasn't the thing that I remember. I know it does culminate in that. I think they have a wrestling match in a graveyard or something, you know, <laughs> equally been through Russo-fied. Um... But I think Sting won a match, then the lights went out, Vampiro, a hole appears in the bottom of the ring, Vampiro yeah. drags Sting this down so There's like so much smoke everywhere, yeah. no one really knows what's going on. Then Sting gets put back into the ring, he's just covered in blood. Oh my and God. I'm just like, well that's that's terrifying, surely it's not real, Rudd. It's raining, bro, guess people are talking, <laughs> bro. And then later when you look into the business of wrestling, it probably was real blood. Nah, I don't think so. Mm. Where would it, well, where would they have got it? Oh, blading, yeah. yeah. That's banned. I was going to say that's that's a serious issue we could yeah. in the world of wrestling. Maybe not today. Maybe not today. <laughs> Talk about Hep C and stuff like that. <laughs> blading, yeah. This is a light-hearted chat about your wrestling likes. So, uh, New Jack. <laughs> the, so, your final question is: What what would your finisher be if you were a wrestler? Uh, you've known me since. Um, being at school together, I still would go for the kind of armbar. The splosh lock. The splosh lock, as it was called, and just try and break someone's arm into submission. It was just splosh rhymes with Josh. Is yeah. that where the name's Josh? Yeah, it was my friend's stepdad who was like, oh, your name's Josh. Let's call you Splosh. He could be like a bucket for WWE, <laughs> like that level of uh, name creating. So, yeah, I hope you've learned a bit more about my guest Josh and his love of wrestling which seems to be minimal <laughs> uh, and we shall be back in a bit uh, 
And of course, now it is time for Can You Smell What Dan Ross is cooking. Uh, technically, it wasn't cooking today. No, no heat involved with this week's recipe. It was a Gordon Ramsay overnight porridge oats recipe. Uh, to be precise, it was raspberry and honey overnight oats from Gordon Ramsay's Ultimate Fit Food book. Um, so it's quite good, the book. I would recommend it. It's like organised well. Um, there's lots of advice on healthy eating, alcohol, calories, like what to look out for when eating out, stuff like that. Uh, the only downside to the book, I would say, is that a lot, like, and this is something I've noticed with a lot of uh, Ramsey's recipes, there's a lot of stuff like you're not going to get from a shop in uh, Warsaw, which is where I live. So it can be a bit of a, a, a challenge, a task. But, so I found something that I thought was doable like ingredients wise because uh, it was just oats, honey, raspberries and milk which pretty easy to get pistachios were optional fortunately because I couldn't find them anywhere other than salted ones and you know being healthy you don't want loads of salt so raspberry and honey overnight oats so this is what Gordon has to say about it preparing for your breakfast the night before is a clever way to help you make a sensible decision when you're hungry first thing in the morning you just open the fridge and tuck into goodness of oats, honey and raspberries all ready to go this is particularly good with a handful of chopped pistachio nuts. Well, I couldn't get any, Gordon, uh, sprinkled over the top, but leave them out if you're being very strict with yourself. Yeah, that was it. I was being very strict, so I was like, I can't have nuts. Um, so, yeah, it's just oats, milk, raspberries, honey. Um, very easy to make uh, and very convenient. So, you know, Gordon wasn't lying on that front. Um, do it the night before, and then he got breakfast ready to go. Um and it's actually very tasty. You know, I've got to give it to Gordon. It was sort of like fruity, moorish, and, you know, the little sort of sweetness from the honey worked very well. Um, quite gloopy, but, you know, it's overnight porridge oats. You've got to expect some gloop. Uh, filling up-wise, so uh, per bowl is 299 calories, which seemed quite high for the serving, I'll be honest with you, but um, it's a decent amount of calories for a breakfast. I feel like oats do keep you going throughout the day. Like a prize-winning racehorse. Um, so, yeah, on that front, they did well there. Um, and I will make it. This is probably going to become my staple breakfast going forward. So you've got to give it to old Big Gord for that one. And uh, so raspberries, honeys, those kind of flavours going through. So now onto the scores. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, the scores are based on ease to prepare, the actual taste... And how well um, it filled me up per calorie. So, giving you a general outline of what I thought there. So, in terms of ease of making, it was very easy to make. You just put some, you've got to mash up some raspberries with some honey and put that in a bowl with some porridge oats and milk, give it a good stir. The only negative point is I've got to take into account Gordon's book in general, where there's a lot of stuff that's hard to get, like just randomly scrolling through to a recipe here. Uh, what's well, a difficult thing to get that he's uh, raw cacao powder I don't know where I'm getting that from um, no that's all easy stuff to get no he's just making me look a fool uh, tahini I suppose that's very relatively easy to get it's like miso stuff like that I don't know where I'm getting that from I mean this recipe I just saw was bananas and apples but that's just baking bananas and apples so yeah 
it's a good recipe from there, Ramsey, earning your Michelin star. So yeah, minus points for that, like pistachios as well. In terms of this recipe, we're a bit of a a struggle to get. So give that an eight, eight out of ten. Uh, taste, it was it was you know, it did what it said on the tin. It tasted of raspberries and honeys, a little bit of sweetness, little sort of creaminess as well. But nothing to write home about. The chicken that I had from Tom Carriage was a lot nicer. So it's going to get a seven. A seven from him. Something to work on. Good with your recipe there. But, you know, in fairness as well, like I wanted to mix it up a bit. So do a breakfast like I done a dinner before. So, you know, dinner is always nicer than breakfast. Um, you can hold me to that. Uh, write in if you disagree. Um, and then calories, 299 to how full. You know, you've got to give it... Uh, some props on that one as well so that's probably a another eight which brings it to a total score of eight plus eight plus seven that's 23 so that is near tom carriage's chicken which i believe got at 26 so all to play for for the remaining episodes of can you smell la 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 what dan ross is cooking so then the next recipes are, I randomly selected this earlier, and that's going to be the Hairy Dieters, uh, also known as the Hairy Bikers, the Hairy Bakers, and there's some general hairy blokes. So I'll keep you posted on that one. But first, you've got some more talk from me and Josh to look forward to. So get yourselves ready. So that sound can only mean one thing for the health and fitness part of the podcast this week. We are going to be having a massive shot of a gin organic ginger like detoxifying thing. It's called Zynga. It's called Zynga. But other brands are available, I believe. So basically I heard that this is like the big celebrity trend is doing shots of ginger uh, and that like it's good for you. Yeah, um, I've done a ginger shot before. I was at a pop-up of Serge Denim's fashion show. <laughs> yeah. Those of you may know, that's Proudlock from Made in Chelsea's fashion label, at Joe and the Juice on the King's Road. Wow. So I'm you're a real working class lad. <laughs> I am. Oh. So I don't really know why this is meant to be good for you. I just heard uh, <laughs> Selena Gomez apparently swears by it. She shouldn't swear. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a role model to young children. She shouldn't be swearing. But, like, she's in shape, so something's doing good. Well, this is a little drink with a big zing. Yeah. So it's ginger, apple, and antioxidants. And it's... Uh, Bio-Gertrank auf Basis von Apfel. I mean, that's clearly German. <laughs> I, b- I bought it in Holland and Barrett, so it must be good. Or expensive. Or expensive. Eh, it wasn't too bad. Um, but, yeah, to have one, so you meant to have one of these a day. And they're each over a quid. But also, it says shot, but I mean, it's like a triple shot. Yeah, it's, it's 70cl, which is just under a triple. Can we, so like, pour it in a glass, then put no. in some Red Bull, and then, like, <laughs> zinger bomb it? Zinger bomb. Uh, no, I don't think that is a good idea. So I'm going to try and pad as much as possible before we actually drink this, because I'm worried I might not be able to talk after having this. Why do we have to do it in one go? We just we do. It's just, it, it's for health. It's organic as well. Oh, in which case I'm yeah. sold. And celebrities do tend to live, like, a good lifestyle in terms of health and fitness they that's that's a <laughs> that's a sweeping generalization but no you all know, celebrities no, but they they have like access to more stuff than we proles do 
That's, that's true. And so I thought I'd try. But if there is hope, it lies with the proles. Yeah, definitely, brother. Uh, so I'm gonna. We, I thought we'd try this because, like other celebrity stuff, like I bet they're all like injecting stem cells into their face. We can't. Which we're going to be doing on next week's yeah. podcast. <laughs> Look forward to that. Um, but so yeah, I thought I'd try this. I don't even like ginger normally. It reminds me of my ex girlfriend's nan, who we used Was to. Was she go ginger? Around, no, but we used to go around hers after school. Just throw ginger at her. And she'd just have like root ginger and just be like, oh, do you want to try some of that? And we're like, that's very horrible. The life you lead, Josh. Honestly, uh, but even like when I in see my head that was a great story. Even when I see some like recipes and it says for ginger, I just exclude it. But right, we've been building this up enough. Let's try our shot of ginger. It doesn't smell great. I mean, it smells like off apple juice. As someone who's had cats, that's quite close to a <laughs> smell you're used to. Yeah. Right. Let's do it. Cheers. When in Rome. Mm. Oh my god. That's not oh. That does taste like lithotroids. That can't be good for you. I don't think it's that bad. Well, just apple juice and ginger. Yeah. It's tingling my insides, Josh. Yeah, well. That's <laughs> that's what ginger does. We've all been there. So yeah. Yeah, your thumbs up, thumbs down to the ginger shot. Well, we've got, we really got to see what happens to us first. Yeah, let's kind of give it a few weeks, and if this yeah. has cured all of our health ailments, then... Yeah. Or if we're dead, it's the ginger shot. Yeah. I feel warm in my insides. I feel like we sh- shouldn't try and blame Zinger for our death. No, well, we'll see. They're probably just a small startup, you They're know, just trying, trying to make a living. Yeah, and also, like, I got this out a while ago. I think it should have been slightly more chilled. But uh, 26 calories per shot. Might as well just have a tequila. It's more than a Tic Tac. That'd make you feel good. I don't like tequila. You don't like tequila? No, you knew this about me. I sell tequila. Mm. And on that (laughs) (laughs) wonderful soundbite, let's have a little break. Thank you very much for listening to episode three. Uh, if you'd enjoyed the show, please do follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram, and both uh, names are No Chance Pod. So it's at No Chance Pod on Instagram and Twitter. So yeah, please do give us a follow if you haven't already. And once again, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>